Hello, hello. Hello. How's it going? Good, good, good. Everybody, welcome bold into the show. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Super excited for Bolden. Another one of our very accomplished friends that we get to show off about and get to plug for his future before his future fame. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bolden, I think I was telling Deanna, maybe I was telling Michael. Um, you're like one of the first people I thought of when we started this pro started this podcast. Damn, that touched just my heart. You're so well. It's true. Just because you're so one, well spoken, but two, you're so like um, uh, just have so many avenues in life that you're a part of, and I just think that, uh, yeah, you and Alaska were two first people came around. Yeah, yeah. The, so the bar is raised. She said you speak well. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess so. I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I guess that I guess that I set him up there. So let me to do that. It's only first minute, but it's all good. Yeah, we did. I guess that's I guess that I set him up there. So let me to do that. It's true. Okay. Biggest rest halls on campus, and mm-hmm. so it's been a roller coaster handling everything with COVID and the university's response and all that stuff. That's his own whole thing. But pretty much, I've been working from home, and I've been trying to finesse my time on the clock to you know work on other things like my photography, and I'm dipping into modeling here and there. Super excited about that. Ooh, and um, yeah, that's basically what I've been on, trying to expand in those aspects. Also, with my own training. Um, calisthenics athlete, so I do a bunch of cool stuff, human flags, um, handstands, tuck Flip. tech every once in a while. You know. <laughs> you know, you know. See, already yeah, right yeah. there, told him. Right? Right <laughs> we have we have barely cracked the surface. Just, just some bullet points. points. No, but I want to talk about um, so it's assistant resident director is that what you said ARD. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so and you run um, Sankat. North. Santa Cat North. Okay, okay, so there's two per, or there's one per. Um... FT has North and South. Oh, no, but I didn't realize yeah. there's an ARD for each. There's two ARDs for each tower. Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Wait, so where are you right now? Like, what is this place? This is my apartment. My apartment's in San Joaquin, right next to Santa Cat. Got you. Okay, cool. Uh, I, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah a lot of people don't know the, that. Where do the, all the other ARDs live on campus? Like now that I think about it, like, do they don't live like in the dorms that they're at, right? I mean, you're they, next, you're next do. to really yes, they do. So the lead staff apartments are typically located within the res hall or community in which they. Mm-hmm. I am one of those exceptions because there was originally only a plan for a single ARD per tower in Santa, and so the additional ones were placed in San Joaquin, which is just adjacent. Nice, which I'm sure you like. Yeah, was that a positive? Oh, I love it. Okay. I love it. Mm-hmm. So talk about um, kind of how you got this yeah, there, job. There's a long process. It's a long process. ARD. I feel like, yeah, I want to hear that whole thing. Like what, how you got started in um, like res hall work and why you stayed in it and why you went like higher up. So... 
Uh, that's a really good question. Not a lot of people ask me about this, which I find to be sort of odd because I feel like I could help a lot of people with sharing these sorts of information, but I'm not really the type of person to just, you know, blast you with information. If you don't ask about it, you got to show mm. some interest. Mm -hmm. But um, I actually started off in or started off my career in housing as a desk attendant my first year. So I worked at the front desk. Um, you know, I got to say hi to people. I got to connect with people, help them answer questions about the community, stuff like that. And also got to talk to a lot of prospective students. And so from a very early time during my UC or during my time here at UCSB, I had the opportunity to create like little moments of positive impact for students and future students here. And that sort of just grew on me. I ended up through the job, I ended up connecting really well with the RAs at the time, as well as the lead staff, who are both entities play a huge role in hiring like RAs and all that stuff. And so I ended up being an RA for two years for the Black Scholars Hall. Mm -hmm. And through that experience, I learned a hell of a lot about myself and about people in general, and especially connecting to the fact that I'm a biopsych major, like it all kind of just like, pfft, but um, through that was really where I got introduced to what an ARD is, because I really didn't know at the time when I was like a DA. But during my RA time, I started learning about the perks of their job and like um, really diving deeper into what kind of influence they have beyond being uh, beyond the fact that my ARDs are like huge mentors and huge positive impacts on my life. I didn't know that it was such a, a, a huge opportunity that I just happened to really just fall into because mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on applying to be an ARD until one of my supervisors was at, I think it was at the, the start of my fourth year. They asked me like, Oh, what are you planning on doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? I have no idea. Yeah. Like everybody, like everybody. And I want to make a point on that. It's totally fine to not know where you're going to be in five years. Cause 100%. I still at this point do not know, but I am confident that, as long as I keep on practicing the things I'm passionate about and doing what I can to continuously create positive impact, I will get where I want to be and I'm going to help other people get where they want to be. 100%. And that's what I think. 100%. I agree with that. Man, put that on a t-shirt. I know. I'll, 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 I'll pause so we could like Man, that was... <laughs> take that part in. But because so they are uh, your ARD kind of recommended you. Is it common for for that position to be hired? Of like a recent grad, like was that was that typical? Because yes. I know that was I know for my, San yeah, Nick was my freshman year. My ARD, I didn't find this out till later, but she was like just graduated. She was like twenty two, twenty three, or something like that. And I was yeah. eighteen as a freshman, thinking she was old, <laughs> but yeah, she was fresh graduated. So I think that's no normal. How does that feel though? Like being around. Like, you're obviously, you know, you're running the show, but it's for kids that are, or people that are not that much younger than you at the time. Like, how does that feel? So, uh, first, I guess I want to start off on that note. You said people that are not that much younger than me. My first experience being an authority figure with people who were literally just a year behind me was my first time being an RA. I was a second year. I came in mid-year higher. I kind of had the experience of being a mentor but not really someone who had like actual power over other people and some of like some of my relationships with my residents was very impacted by that very short age difference and so it's very weird now I feel like that 
that experience versus this experience now is totally different because now that I'm 23 years old, I'm fresh out of uh, college. I just graduated class of 19. And so working with these students, it, it's, it's interesting because you get a, a variety of interactions and energies. On one hand, you have individuals who totally look up to you and they like um they want to ask you questions they want to get to know you more they want to they they want to seek help in getting where they want to be and then on the other end of that spectrum you have the individuals who are they're just you know they're there to be there they're there to enjoy their experience they don't necessarily want to depend on someone in my position and that's totally fine but then in the middle you have this like awkward i wouldn't even say in the middle let's say adjacent to that entire spectrum you have these interesting instances where people don't necessarily know who I am. Mm. So like, I don't expect for anyone or for everyone to know that I, Oh, I'm the assistant resident director. You should know, like I have power over this, this and that. That's not necessarily true. There's like 1400 students living in these two towers usually. Mm -hmm. And most of them will have like, they'll see me around the community, but they have no idea what I do. So that basically leads me to walking into some interesting situations sometimes <laughs> where people aren't really understanding that I am one of the authority figures that is going to like, for instance, enforce policy. Mm -hmm. Or I've also been in situations where students have flirted with me like pretty blatantly. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like I'm actually, I run this. So you got to kind of step back, you know? <laughs> so it, it's, it's a very, very interesting experience. So what what new doors do you think your experience as an ARD has potentially opened for you? What what you know what what's the next step? What, in, what interactions have you had with people? What what do you see yourself like on the horizon with your ARD experience that you wouldn't have necessarily necessarily seen before? Or is there any you know is there anything? Or are you to totally tired of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> things get messed up because of COVID. Oh, yeah. And how's COVID impacted that? Okay. <laughs> very, very good questions. Um, let me let me start off with the, the first half of that. Um, I will say that I think that... Well, first, I'm going to speak a little on my RA experience. I think that I learned a lot from being an RA. I learned how to handle conflicts. I learned how to really pay attention to my own actions and the impacts that it has on other individuals, especially being someone who is seated in a position of power. And I also learned that m me being intentional with my actions and my words can have, can create impact beyond what I necessarily see. And I think that the best way for me to sort of put together my what my RAD, or ARD experience has looked like in reference to my RA experience is that I think that it is all of that, but enhanced. Because now, now not only do I have like um, essentially a bunch of mentees running around doing their thing, but I also ha now have a team of RAs that I supervise. So I'm learning how to be a supervisor. I'm like, um, taking notes from my past experiences, working with um, my supervisors, my managers, you know, all the things that I didn't like. And I'm trying to put it together into a way like, all right, I, I want people to have a decent experience working as a job. But also, I'm going to let them know that it's a job and I'm not trying to work harder than I need to. 
and I don't want them to work harder than I need to. So how can I bridge that gap so that all of us can work smarter, not harder, and continue to do the things that are going to be remembered by our community members, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about your your first year, what are the things you think about? Like, I, I, I want to sort of reference the... Uh, it was the first podcast that y'all put up um, before y'all started talking about UFC. Uh, y'all mentioned that, or John mentioned, or both of you talked about how basically your whole hall was like like gathered up in the lounge, and um, John really initiated like deep conversation about people's families and about like how um, it, and really it was just you you created an opportunity to bring people together. Yes, and so what I saw through that is what I want to. Like that that's the the overall goal for me that I think that I want to create for my RAs, mm-hmm. people that I supervise. I want them to focus on building that community and like um creating facilitating a space in which those kinds of connections can be formed mm-hmm. and not necessarily have to worry about like, oh, my boss is a bitch and blah blah right. blah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm trying to like get rid of all that because all that shit just gets in the way. And so I I think that overall what I want to say is what I've taken out of this is really to just remember not remember but to consider that my experiences aren't necessarily going to be the same as or my experiences as an RA for instance aren't necessarily going to be the same as the individuals who are RAs this past year uh, because they have their own like experiences they have their own um like things that they can bring to the table and it's up to me as someone who has that previous experience to learn how to adapt and continue to intake information that's mm-hmm. what life's about, right? You mm-hmm. continue to learn. Yeah, totally. You just keep going and going and evolving. And awesome. Next thing you awesome. know. Right. Yeah. It sounds mm. like you have, um, you're a humble, and I don't mean to like say like, a, the idea that you will be a leader, but still um, you're there to help people. As a supervisor, you're there to, to support these people, not yeah. dictate, you know? And I think that's really key and that's really awesome. I like that you referenced, like, our first year, because John and I talk about it all the time, but, like, our our first year of college, it, it's probably the biggest turning point in my entire life. Like, my experience on second floor of San Diego, freshman year, 2014, I mean, all of my best girlfriends are from that floor, my boyfriend's from that floor, all of his best friends, you know, are from that floor, or were, you know, those friendships came off of the people from that floor, and that all started just from the inclusivity and community that was built there. So I think residence halls um, are an important aspect to college. Not everyone has that experience, and I totally like mm-hmm. that, but it totally has the potential to, to be that impactful to you know anyone who lives in those, in those dorms. So I don't know. I think it's super, super important time. Open doors make happy floors. There you go, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I was, that was my biggest thing is me and my two roommates, we live in a, like a 10 by 6 cube. You knew Andreas separately, huh? I, that was yeah, yeah. He was an RA when I was a DA. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So he was one of my roommates freshman year, along with his longtime best friend from like the third grade, Adam. Damn. So the the three of us were like, yeah, let's just leave our door open like all the time, and we would have people walking in, you know, meeting that's us. That's how you met the very that's how first we met time. Them, and we we're just like, yo, if the door's open, people will meet us, and we'll have more opportunity and interactions with people. Because obviously, you don't get along with everyone. There's so many people in college. You, you meet so many people, 
And it's, I think it's your job to just force those interactions, you know, those initial meetings, like it's uncomfortable, but as long, the more people you meet, the more people you have an opportunity can, to connect with. Yep. When you connect and just roll with it, you know, there's no stress on the people that you don't connect with because they're going to connect with other people. So that's the goal. Good stuff. Yeah. Good that's stuff. That's exciting. But- so your, fr- your, your, yeah, sorry, your freshman can- year, I met you your freshman year during one of your interviews. Yeah, this is one of the first podcast side note that we haven't started the conversation with like how we met you. So yeah, I, was, I seen true. that for a second ago. I was like, we haven't talked about that. In the training room during, I can't remember if it was your first group interview or if it was your individual interview. I think it was at your group interview. I, I don't remember. Honestly, I do not. Like, my memory he of like that entire interview <laughs> process, I was nervous as hell. Like, it's all gone. <laughs> like, no, I, feel, I remember. I was nervous for mine, too. Because those interviews happen, like, fall quarter, right? Yeah, they're fall quarter. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I had I had the privilege of really taking over the mentorship program with my mentor that year. And we were in charge of basically pairing all of the incoming trainers with other trainers to to be their mentors and we were responsible for going to as many meetings as we could as many interviews and we i saw every single persons that made it into the program i saw them at either their group or individual interview before they were officially like hired on staff and i was like super proud of that so i got to interact with everybody and i initially going into it thought i had you actually paired as as my mentee Word. i don't know if i ever told you that no, nah, I don't think you have. Dan, Steven, had, um, if you're listening I, I to know, this. Up, yeah. <laughs> I, had you, I had you paired with me because, I mean, we had similar backgrounds, playing football, mm-hmm. you know, athletic, interested in the similar things. And, you know, you're very calm and relaxed guy. And I could tell you were, your heart was in the program. You were really interested. And I just totally vibe with that. And I, going into the last week, I had one kid that I hadn't, seen in any interviews yet and i was like i don't know who to stick this jack kid with i was like i don't know who this guy is i need to go to his last interview i go to his final interview and i was like holy shit he's supposed to go with me <laughs> like, like me and Zach, i just totally like jack just like totally fit and i was like i was like this ruined my whole plan and i had to like change and like move things around and and I ended up putting you with Steven because I thought you guys were a great fit. And and Jack ended up with me. And, like, some other people, like, kind of bounced around a little bit. But, yeah, it was the funniest thing because I was, like, so set on us being, like, paired together. And then I was just, like, at the last moment, I was, like, he's going to ah. – He's gonna be so good with Steven too. And Steven won't he mesh on you. He Steven you. won't mesh well. Like, <laughs> like no, he knows him and Steven were like a good pair. Yeah, oh, we're good. I appreciate it. It was yeah, it was more for it was more for Steven's pairing than I think for your pairing. I think Steven was would be a better mentor for you than he would have been for others. So but yeah. I, th- I think I could see that. I think I could see that. Um, I, I think one thing that stood out for me with mine and Steven's uh, relationship as mentor-mentee that I appreciated was I, I I pretty much started college very in a shell. I was nervous. It was hard for me to, like, speak out. Um, I This is kind of like a, a – that could be a whole other side story, but I think that I went through this whole evolution 
or rather I'd say, what's it called when the, when the caterpillar goes transformation? through the no, transformation? No, I don't sure. The, yeah, he's talking about um, there's a word for metamorphosis. It. Yeah, metamorphosis. Is it? Yes. I metamorphosis. So. I'm okay, sure. cool. Let me it, it's something like that. It's well. The the point is, I felt like Stephen was very good at teaching concepts in a way that allowed me to, or the way he presented information helped me to understand things better because I felt like I didn't necessarily learn and the same capacity in traditional terms, you know, sitting down reading a textbook and like looking at it, thinking about it. Like I, I need to be able to visualize and like ask follow-up questions and, you know, look for rationales as to like, why does this tend to happen? Is there any underlying reason that I can associate with this? You know, try to create some sort of algorithm so that I can come back to it without necessarily having to pull memorize these specific. It. Yeah. I don't want to just memorize it. I want to understand it and be able to put it all together so that it can be more, uh, applicable you know more yeah. v- variety yeah, and so i i appreciate that about steven you know because i could pretty much ask whatever question and he'll let me know like oh if it doesn't matter but i fuck it like yeah so that was like the majority of my interactions with bolton to, to begin were with in the training room and obviously he he went on to be one of the top-notch guys by the end of his time there. And he got the experience of working with the, the cheer team once we became a club sport team, which, oh, which so I just talked fun. with Deanna about recently on her podcast, referencing the, uh, the journey that we took to become a club sport. And, oh, yeah. And Bolden got to be our trainer, and it was just awesome having a guy around that was interested in the similar things, that really cared about the progress of the athletes, not just about – the injuries and the prevention of the athletes, but but really just getting involved in the whole like cheer culture and you know coming to socials and you know coming to events and going to camp with us in Vegas, you know stuff like that. Like it was it was just an awesome experience for us having such a, a dedicated trainer at all our practices. Like one of the more present trainers for a club team, I think than than a lot of other teams. So what was, what was what was your biggest takeaway from from that jump of being a, a trainer in the training room to being assigned to a team? And kind of what would you take away from that? You know, I think that I, I took away a couple of things I'd like to say just to start. But the first thing that sort of jumps out at me is a lot of the time I would describe my relationship with my um my athletes on the cheer team as me sort of like taking on like an additional sort of pseudo RA role. I tried to look at my responsibility for the team holistically rather than just um, in the the specific niche of sports medicine, you know, so I'm looking out for like um, mental health. I'm trying to uh, make sure that they're staying on top of academics, Um, you know, things that are going to be impactful to your entire life, not just your, um, your, athletic performance because I or as I learned during my time working with the cheer team cheer the the world of cheer is filled with so many stressors or it can be and I think that as a student athletic trainer it was a perfect opportunity for me to take the skills that I learned as an RA and as um or just like looking out for or I'd rather say my my own growth and my own ability to to 
to display empathy, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Empathy and growth. So those are two things that I sort of try to fuse into my everyday interactions. And so, you know, I'm thinking about, like, for instance, you know, I I used to work in, and it's not necessarily because I have this experience, but I used to work in customer service in a couple of different, like, um, niches. So that's... um, like working with, I used to work at Charlotte Roos for a little bit, for instance, a clothes, a retail store, and also used to work at Target, things like that. And so, you know, you think about the the interactions that a lot of customer service employees um, complain about, and it's like sometimes people just giving them attitude for no reason, you know, that type of thing. And so, I like to think about my interactions from a, an official position like that on the opposite end of that spectrum. Those. If you think about those negative interactions that tend to stick with people, especially when when it's in a place where you're basically forced to be there, like work, mm-hmm. and you're having all these negative interactions and you're like kind of put into this position where I, it's not like I could talk back to you because this is my job and this person can say whatever they want. I want to do the opposite. I want to utilize my position to do everything within my power to try to benefit whatever situation that you're in. Mm. We're all students. We're all um, taking all these classes. We're all like, um, or a lot of us are like going through a lot of financial burden or, or taking on a lot of financial burden. I feel like if I can make someone's existence just a little bit easier, mm. then I'm doing my job right. And I think that having a position like a student athletic trainer is the perfect opportunity to do so. You know, I'm acting as totally. a, a first responder. Um, sorry, what? I said totally. My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you good. You good. Um, you know, I'm acting as a first responder. Um, I'm like, sometimes, like, I would be advising them for uh, things outside of, uh, of sports, you know, personal life. Um, academia, you know, that kind of stuff, connecting them with resources, you know, doing whatever is within my power to show them that a, this can be, this can be more than what it is right now. I want to be able to be an asset in your life, even if it is just for this short specific um, occasion, Mm. because I know that that can carry impact throughout the rest of your life i mean i like i think about this this random thing that i never would have thought would stick with me but it has i was getting ready to leave high school i was a senior i had finished playing football for our for my high school football program for three years at san pedro high school and i remember as we were i think it was spring semester and track season was ending or something like that and spring ball had started and i was hearing that the football program was getting sponsored by Nike. And so I thought that was super dope because, you know, when I first came in, we was all wearing these dingy ass jerseys and like nobody really, you know, we was kind of like the, the, the underdog of the the league. Mm. And so, you know, I'm hearing like, okay, all these new kids are getting all this fancy stuff. I'm like, damn, where was all that stuff when I was here? Mm. And I said that in front of my coach and he said to me these words this this really stuck to me i didn't think that this would stick to me but it has he says you should want to leave your program better than it was when you started and that is that that was just a moment that clicked for me because i realized damn you know like i'm thinking about like the mentors that i had whether it was on the black scholars hall or an athletic training room or um in life in general those individuals had their own experiences their own hardships and things that they have to overcome because of systematic issues that they haven't 
that they didn't necessarily have the power influence to to change. But them giving me this information and um, them contributing to programs like being a mentor and like voicing their concerns and um, sort of outlining the things that can be improved has created this opportunity for me to to do better throughout whatever experience um, the context is in. And so for me, that's what I really want to take the heart for the athletic training program as well as for the UCSB cheer team, because, you know, they're a brand new club sport. And so we, I think the term was like, we were on probation with the department of rec. And so, so, you know, we, we have to keep things looking good, keep things running smooth and like show that this program can be a, um, that qualifies as a long-term club sport and it can reap the benefits from it mm-hmm. and so you know i'm trying to do my best as the the very first student athletic trainer for the program when, while they're a club sport so that i can show like for me like i'm you know i'm sending in reports to, or i'm reporting to my supervisor letting them know like yeah i think they do need a, a some type of personnel there to help because they get injured left and right or we need to do more preventative stuff to prevent the injuries or you know stuff like that this is like me like, we need a new team. opportunity <laughs> Said, we need some better people. <laughs> <laughs> the recruiting, he's helping with the recruiting process. <laughs> <laughs> the front line. Mm. But I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much um, what I feel like my experience was like, or how I tried to view it. Um, I low key forgot what the actual question you asked me was, but I kind of just I went off wherever my interview was. Going. No, it was in general. It was like you fulfilled the question. Yeah, you that was totally, totally what it was. Okay, dope. Glad I to hear that. I wanted to hear about that um, part of your college experience, just because, like I said, again, you're just we're involved in so many things, but that just like increased your ability to be as impactful. I I feel like to be so impactful, and so I wanted to hear kind of your thoughts on that realm. I would love to delve into, um, you know, some of your other passions like photography and stuff like that, and experience with black students. Why or are you you were in the black student union? Yeah, kind of. See, everything. That's what I'm saying. Kind of. As a black student grad, you were involved. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got a point. I was class speaker for black grad. Um, but I didn't necessarily hold any um, official uh, officer positions in BSU, mm. but I was a, an active part of the community mm. um, through my time as the black scholars hall ra and so i collaborated with bsu i've like worked with them on different projects and stuff like that but i technically am not like part of got you if that makes sense it does yeah it totally does no but i do want to transition into photography a little bit when you got into it um i have i'm like genuinely actually interested in photography and editing go ahead crack your beer good Okay. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I want to know, like, the process of editing, how long it takes you, um, all okay. these, like, little intricacies as well. Okay. So, I started my photography journey about three years ago. Um, I borrowed a camera from my homegirl, Christina. Um, at the time, I was an RA, and I think I wanted to borrow it for a program I was putting on. I don't know. I didn't really know how to work the camera. I was struggling with it. I tried to take pictures. It would come out hella dark. Or when it wasn't dark, it was like it, it was like stupid blurry. And I couldn't figure out. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. And it was frustrating. And I was like, all right, I don't know what this is. I was trying to get on YouTube and figure out, like, how, like, other photographers got even a decent photo. But it just wasn't working. <laughs> and so at the or towards the end of my 
junior year, I no, not the end of my junior year, the end of the fall quarter of my junior year. So we're about to head into winter break. Mm -hmm. I was in a meeting with my ARD, Sierra Russell, Mm -hmm. love her to death. (laughs) She and I were conversing about my plans for winter break. And, you know, I was chatting it up with her. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm looking forward to this refund check, you know, about to, you know, blow another one. And, <laughs> and like, you know, I, I laugh about that now. But, like, I in that moment when I, I literally said something like, I said something like that to her. And in that moment when I said that to her, I was thinking, damn, if I get an Xbox, where that money going to go? You know, that's just kind of, like, there it goes. Yeah, I could, I could play, have fun with my brother, because that's the only reason I would want an Xbox so I could play with my brother, because he's always playing online back home, me and my, um, uh, my friends who I also call my brothers. But I was thinking, like, you know, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm doing all these other things. I'm an RA trying to take care of my residents. I'm a student athletic trainer trying to take care of my athletes. I'm a student <laughs> trying to take care of my classes. Myself. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, maybe I would, maybe it would be better if instead of committing all this money to something that I would barely be able to use at the moment, into and putting it into something that I can evolve with, something that I can, you know, keep flowing, keep my my mind healthy and express myself. And so I happened to have met two super awesome individuals earlier that year. The first being Alaska Coda and the second being McLean. Forgot his last name. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Bro. Yeah. Two okay, McLean, bro. I love dearly. Two of our other photographer friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have totally freaking inspired me because I saw their work and I was like, what the hell? How is this even possible? Mm-hmm. Because I was playing with this little camera in my room and there was no way I could even get the the the, a chair to show up in, in the photo <laughs> after I take it. And so how are they getting these gorgeous portraits of people? Like, I don't understand what it is. Is it, uh, is it a technique thing? Is it a, a thing with gear? Do I need to upgrade? Like, like how do I, like, where do I Is it like an edit thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it editing? Like, how much is the effort and technique and the knowledge? And how much is, like, you know, like, you, you drop uh, uh, over a thousand on a camera or something? You know, like, I, I had no idea what it was. And so in that moment, I was like, you know what? I am going to take the first financial sort of risk in my life, besides even deciding to go to college. <laughs> but I decided to invest in a camera. So I hopped on YouTube. I was trying to be in- as intentional as possible, looking to see, like, okay, I know that Alaska and McCain can produce this kind of work. Where does that come from? Like, what is depth of field? How do you get those super, like, uh, blurry backgrounds and all that stuff? How is it related to portrait mode on a camera? So I was diving into all these things, learning about the fundamentals of photography. And I just happened to be taking a physics class at the same time, learning the physics of light. How does light change? The properties of light change as it passes through a lens, mirrors, um, all that kind of stuff, focal points and all that. And I, like, my brain felt like it was on fire Mm -hmm. because, like, all the stimulation coming in at once, I was putting it together like a puzzle in my brain. And it felt so satisfying because then when Winter Quarter was rolling around, 
I was starting to, you know, grab all my my pretty friends, like, yo, trying to get shit together. <laughs> and it was down too. So that's the that's the thing I appreciate so much because I, I hit up so many people. Like I was just sliding people's DMs, like, oh, this girl's hella cute. Like I need to take photos with her. And you know, so I appreciate everybody who was um, willing to to give me their time for me to practice my craft because there's no way I would be where I am now if it wasn't for all the practice that I was able to put in. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's one thing that I am proud that I took advantage of the fact that I um, was going to a university like UCSB and there's so many pretty pretty people everywhere. It's like, boom, easy. Like be like, I I have like a, I won't even say endless, but a a surplus of individuals who were willing to help me out. And so. Also landscape. That landscape ain't bad either. Landscape? Like the UCSB Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Venue is beautiful. Beautiful. It's easy. But um, I basically hopped on YouTube. I found a couple of um, YouTubers that were like the ones for me who went over concepts so well in a way that I could understand like that. Um, namely Peter McKinnon, freaking beautiful photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, you should look him up if you haven't heard of him. Okay. But I pretty much used YouTube and practice to up my craft. And then a couple months later, after I invested into that camera, Grad season came around and I was hella nervous because I wasn't I wasn't charging people for like no photo shoots and you know I I didn't necessarily feel like my skills were up there for a good portion. I wasn't even editing photos. I was just taking them mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, I kinda like that. Let me try out again, you know. And I ended up diving into Lightroom. And Lightroom is now or now and has been my primary editing software since I started. And I, I dipped into Photoshop a little bit, but I don't I don't use it very often, to be honest. I actually favor some camera apps that I use for editing for very specific like projects. For instance, um, there's this app called Enlight. I think it's cost I think it costs like five bucks, but I use that to mix and mash photos together. So let's say, for instance, I have a group of people doing like a champagne shot for graduation, and one person is making like a hella ugly face but everyone else looks gorgeous. I'll always take a bunch of shots when I'm doing a shoot like that so that I can grab their face and body off of one where they look pretty, they're smiling, and then I'll just mash it into the other one. Boom, mm-hmm. hell easy. And that's the kind of stuff that kind of goes over people's heads a lot. That's fucking cheating, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I honestly think it's cheating. I think it's cheating too. Like I, Sometimes I'll be doing shit, I'm like, wow, this is not even... <laughs> this is real. Oh, that's so funny. But that's cool, that though. That's hilarious. I've seen you add, like, like confetti to shit. Like, you, you move the confetti, and you make the confetti, like, everywhere. It's all nice and mm-hmm. symmetrical. Yeah, it's all symmetrical. So Alaska edited out, like, a rubber band the other day, and I know there's, like, nothing, I guess, compared to what you're saying, like, totally replacing mm-hmm. people's faces, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, tell me, though, in your opinion, give me ratios of, like, how much of it is the equipment, and like the machine, how much of it is, you know, the what, finger pressing the button. Yeah, <laughs> what you're doing like in the moment, how much of it is editing? Okay. So if you were to take a look at my Instagram right now mm-hmm. and you were to name photos like, by Bolden? Yeah, photos <laughs> by Bolden. If you <laughs> if you were to take a look at my Instagram right now and let's say you chose like three photos to be your favorite out of all the ones that I posted in the past month or so. I can pretty much guarantee that all three of those picks are not going to be like you, you wouldn't be able to create that without the equipment that I invested in. Mm, 
So I'll say that a huge barrier when it comes to creating what you want to create with photography is going to be that financial piece, getting a hold of the gear. Yeah. Yeah, So the resource itself. So I would say that that's a pretty big chunk. I don't know if I can quantify it. I would say probably at least 50. The piece becomes bigger as you get better cameras, right? Yes. Yes. So if you're working with your, your $200 camera, that's not going to be as big of a portion of how good it looks, right? But as you get that $2,000 camera, then it's going to be a bigger portion of how it looks. Yes, exactly. I mean, the the main things are, I think that first, I kind of want to break this down a little bit. Um, One thing that you want to be able to differentiate when it comes to gear and like how much it costs and what like um, qualifies something to be better or worse. Camera body, the, the main things that I think that you should look out for is the megapixel count whether it is full frame or not full frame which is cropped and the third thing being how high or high how how sensitive the iso is on that camera sensor so that first piece when it comes to megapixel count that is the most sort of clear cut or the most clear cut way to put that is quality how much how many pixels are literally in the camera or able to be recreated from the image in which the light lands on the sensor and all that stuff. More is better. More is better. More more de- is better. It's more detailed, essentially, right? right. Yes. Yeah. If you want to um, give yourself an idea of the numbers, my portrait camera that I use, the Nikon D800, this is a 36 megapixel camera. And the new iPhone 11 Pro has a 16 megapixel camera. Which so, I, mean, I know that's kind of crazy different. for phones, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's it's totally ridiculous too. Because um, on top of the fact that it's 16 megapixels, I, I'm sounding like a freaking Apple. Like, well, <laughs> on top of the fact that it's uh, 16 You're, megapixels, I'm not necessarily endorsed. <laughs> <laughs> it also does this thing called HDR, which, in simple terms, because I can't explain it any more than this, it takes multiple photos at once and fuses them together. So there are Cheating. a lot of opportunities <laughs> to sort of take advantage of that and create stuff that you can't necessarily create on a DSLR. Like I, I, I don't necessarily like switch out when I'm working with my clients, but when I'm out for fun and I want to shoot something and I know that let's say the, the lighting is going to be horrible in terms of like oh, taking a raw image right here, but I know that my iPhone can take multiple photos at different exposures and throw them together and all of a sudden it looks beautiful. So that is like, I guess I would say like understanding like what goes into photography can really be a big part of deciding where what and how you want to shoot something but getting back on to the camera body stuff um yeah make pixel count then second thing i mentioned is cropped versus full frame a cropped frame is you want to think about instagram square versus yeah think about that the instagram square versus um expanding it so let's say you have Like what? Like the tall, the tall Instagram pic or the wide Instagram pic? Yes, tall or wide. Think about it like that. If your default, so the default is the square. If you have a tall image, mm-hmm. you can just pinch it, and it is take. It actually takes up more space on the post when you post it. Right. Think about it like that. Full frame is always in that tall form, and crop frame is always going to give you that square. Right. And the the best explanation that I 
that my understanding can relay is that it is a engineering thing in which I guess cropped frame sensors are easier to make or easier to fit into a DSLR. Huh. But the, the bottom line is it's more expensive when you try to go for a full frame. And I think that it's a, when you're kind of in between like whether or not I think I need a full frame versus a crop frame, I honestly, if, if you're trying, if you're just getting started, go to crop frame, get used to it. It's going to cost you less money. I would even say like, don't, don't buy retail either. You can buy used and sort of play around with it and figure it out from there. Later on, when you get more comfortable, definitely, definitely, definitely you want to try a full frame camera because it will change everything. Oh. Just having that little bit of extra like space to work with, mm -hmm. you're going to feel like, wow, how the hell did I take photos with a crop frame ever before? I feel like I can't get anything in the picture. Uh -huh. It's it's a whole different experience. Mm. So that's important. Um, and the last thing is ISO. That is the sensitivity of your camera sensor. So if you have higher ISO, you're able to work or if your camera sensor is, is capable of putting out a higher ISO, you're more capable of shooting in lower light settings. And if the camera's really good, it will be less noise. Noise is the little dots and stuff that you see on, um, let's, you can probably see it in the background of my image on Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, if you see it like dancing around a little bit, that's ISO when it's getting cranked up in low lighting settings. So if you even open up Snapchat or something and you have like this, like, um, if you have like a low light setting on or if it's darker, the only thing lighting up your screen is the actual, um, the only thing lighting up your face is the screen from your phone. Mm -hmm. You're gonna see a bunch of dots because the, the camera in the phone is automatically moving up your ISO for you. So mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about that. But that's something that once you understand the fundamentals of photography, you can change manually on a DSLR. You can use that to your advantage. Wow, wow, science. Yeah, it's so kind of cool. wild. You sound um, so. I mean, that's just so cool. You're so into it. It's um, only been a couple years. Yeah, two two and a half years. I usually say. And you might you also now because you do grad photos, you make good money on them too, right? So it's like passion, and then also return investment on your camera. Fine. Yes, I <laughs> look. I will say this: if you have an opportunity, if you if the demand is there, I would say photography is definitely worth diving into because I made. The money back off my initial investment in the first wave of grab photos and then some oh it was god. like cake i i was so shocked at myself and i'm like oh my god did i just like turn a profit yeah. <laughs> i had never done that before in my life you I know i'm thinking that. this ain't even my money this is all student loans so i'm like fuck you i'm That's just going cool because you know what that was that was you being like hmm i'm interested in this i want to expand my passions and then freaking he said, I don't need an Xbox. <laughs> oh, I, I actually bought the Xbox after that because I made well, enough money. <laughs> that's where you started off. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's good. Um, okay, wait. So how how long does it take you to edit a photo? Sorry, I'm really interested in the photography. And I know we're no, dwelling I, on this topic, but I, I'm interested I like too. it. Yeah, how long does it take you to edit? So that that's kind of a complicated question. Um, so let me let me first go over what I actually do when I edit. So I usually do, let's say I'm sending, I'm doing a private shoot or a grad shoot with someone. I'll send them an X number of photos, let's say up to like 50 photos. I'll do color correction. I'll do cropping. So I'll make sure that everything is aligned correctly. And I will also clean up any like obvious, like um, temporary, like acne or like, uh something or like maybe you have like something flaring up on your face i would like clean stuff like that up 
So it kind of depends on uh, even just presenting that information. You can kind of see that, okay, that's going to vary a little bit because not everyone has as much, like one person won't necessarily have as much acne as someone else, or right. um, maybe someone has like a bunch of scars on their leg. The confetti, uh, wanna... the confetti flew in a perfect formation. So we need to redo that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> actually with the confetti, um, it's actually funny because I sometimes will like let's say I'm I'm doing like a a set like uh, like I mentioned before 50. If there's like one or two photos in there that I feel like has some real potential on top of the color correction, cropping, and all that stuff, I will start to do some cutting and gluing and pasting and cloning and stuff. And so what that looks like is, for instance, the confetti shot that you referenced earlier. Um, there was a, I think I had three people in a shot and they were throwing up confetti above their heads, but the confetti didn't really spread out and it was kind of like balled up in one spot. And so what I wanted to do to make it look more festive is spread it out throughout the entire frame. And so I'm able to do that easily because I intentionally chose a background, which was like a giant green shrub, like taking up the entire frame. I chose that background because I can easily clone confetti from one spot to another. You won't see that. I move grad leaves from one spot to another right. spot. They're you know, have Henry Gate, like that. And Henry Gate and Henry Gate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Half, half there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, I guess to give you a timeline, um, to edit one photo, I, I could probably get, uh, if I were to do a full edit, so like totally clean up their face and color correction and all that stuff, and really dive into one picture. It it would probably take me like like thirty minutes. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd say that that that's gonna vary a lot though from photographer to photographer. Um, a based on what editing software they're using. If they're using Photoshop, I can guarantee it's gonna take a hell of a lot longer than that because they're doing some completely other different stuff. Mm. I like to specialize in Lightroom. I'm very comfortable with it and I'm confident that I can deliver um, quality content to my clients slash models slash whoever I'm shooting for. But I am like, it's not like I'm, I'm against like working with Photoshop. It's just, I don't believe that at this moment it is necessary for me to do what I want to do mm. in terms of my creativity. <laughs> yes, totally. Totally, totally good stuff good stuff mm -hmm. so do, do, you, do you see a future in photography like any anything other than like grad shoots like uh, where, where's your ideal peak do you want to take our engagement photo <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey we're gonna hit up well, well uh, i'll say that i we're gonna have a bunch of people to go i know <laughs> i'll pay all y'all <laughs> <laughs> I, I first I, I would love to take engagement photos I would love to take your engagement photos um, that would be beautiful I already have a vision in my head I've never done it before but I have an idea of what like I, I could do that so let me know what's up cool. um, in terms of my future with photography I don't really know I don't necessarily think that my the demand is going to go down and then next year at least because I'm going to be staying in, at UCSB working still and so I imagine the next grad season is going to be just as busy or even busier than um, this previous one so I'm going to stick with that however I kind of have general plans to move to the LA area mm -hmm. after which is back 
where I am originally from. And so I'm going to move back there and I'm kind of just going to go with whatever opportunities present themselves. I mean, my, uh, a lot of the, the business that I get is from word of mouth, people recommending me. And I know a lot of people and I can attribute that to my experience as a DA, as an RA, um, as a student athletic trainer, as a freaking ARD now, like people see me around UCSB on campus on like NIV and they're like, oh, what's up, Bolton? I'm like, what's good? <laughs> oh, stranger. It's, it's, it's scary. I mean, it's not scary. I, I, I genuinely feel like uh, part of me feels embarrassed because, hey, I don't, if I don't know your name, I'm probably not going to say it. Right. And so that's like a something that that's a giveaway for me but i also recognize that i interact with a lot of people on a daily basis and so it's a lot for me to expect to remember who everybody is um not even just their name but even like sometimes how i know people i sometimes my memories of residents from my first year as an RA versus my second year as an RA kind of meshes together like i don't know which year that was necessarily because i mean that experience is kind of like it, it i don't I don't, I'm unable to, to stick those details together without very intentional, significant, and repeated interactions. Mm -hmm. If that, yeah, I think that conveys my feelings about that. But yeah, I think that my future with photography, I mean, I'm planning on jumping into YouTube with it, you know, doing some tutorials and kind of just going from there. I recorded my, my very first um, sort of video yesterday. Um, it's going to be vlog style. I just went out with one of my, um, oh, I mean, he, he's a he's a friend. He's a student here. Um, his name is Jonah. And he is an up and coming model or going to be um, trying to get his portfolio up while we collab and sort of figure out what's next for him too. And that that's again, like jumping back to, you know, like leaving your program better than it was when you started. And I expand that concept to to my people too, you know, to my community. And I want to be able to help put him on on my way to wherever I'm going to. Because, right. you know, if I expect him to, to help me out with, uh, or not expect, but if I ask him to help me out with a project, I like in some way plan on like, you know, giving back, you know, being an oh. asset to him as well. Totally. So- I am excited about that because I don't really know what I'm doing with YouTube. I, I even said it in the video, like, I have no idea. Like, this is just something to get started because I recognize that I have a tendency to to have all these ideas, but I don't know, like, like if, I, if I'm too on my... If I'm on myself too much about the details and like how like how it's gonna work out logistically and all that stuff, that's when it just never happens. Yep. It never happens. 100%. I keep pushing it back and you know, I got like priorities or something comes up and blah, blah, blah. And it's not to invalidate all the important things that I was doing, especially during my time as a student. But um now I recognize that, you know, I'm I'm in a break between my contract as an ARD. So I got the, the month of July to just do whatever the fuck I want. And so I decided to dedicate it to creating. And so I'm going to keep doing my thing um, with videos, keep creating content. I still got people booking me for grad photos. And I've been reached out to for a couple of different um, entities. I've done like a, or last weekend I did a behind the scenes shoot for, yeah, behind the scenes shoot for film production. Um, I got reached out to by a startup company. They're trying to do a collaboration to bring, to get some free headshots done for black professionals and hopefully black students in Santa Barbara. Um, you know, so kind of just 
uh, going with whatever comes up. Yeah. And again, a lot of this stuff is word of mouth. I think I, I put out, I, I think I put, I think I posted one thing on Instagram and one thing in the UCSB free for sale this year for graph photos. And since it's been like, I, my calendar has been booked. It, yeah. So, that's it. Wow. I love that. That is awesome, man. That is that's really, really that awesome. That's great stuff. That's inspiring for any people who are out there that are interested in getting into the photography uh-huh. game, you know, like just, And you're just gonna get into get there's just so many different avenues you can go. Like I said, I was joking about that engage I'm not I'm not joking about the engagement photos, but like that was my like question of like that's another, you know, field to get into. There's all the whole realm of like athletics photo- like photography for freaking football nights or you know mm-hmm. it, start getting some pro sporting events <laughs> like just there's a lot of stuff you know yeah. a lot of different ways you can take it so it's cool and i just yeah. think it's the, the coolest part is that it where it all started and like you know hearing you talk about it it's just su- of such an interest and passion of yours um and that's what makes it interesting and i think probably fun for you too you know you know? Yeah, I think I totally agree. That's why, that's why, going back to his quote from earlier, I'll say it again, he'll, I'll repeat it from what he said. He was like, I'm just gonna, um, was it, keeping, keep doing what I'm passionate about and trying to be positive, have, have positive energy around people. That's exactly how I feel like we all should be navigating our early to mid 20s. That's 100% what should be putting out there. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about calisthenics. Bolden <laughs> on the other side of the camera. Oh, we're doing more camera. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Modeling too. But there's yeah. a whole like I'm telling you, there's too so many I know. facets we to this guy. a lot guy. of shit, but we'll, we'll, we'll fit it all in. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we can have it back on next time. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a quick second. And we're back. All right, so. We're definitely gonna get into the to the calisthenics and and your fitness journey, um, and for those of you who don't know, um, you'll probably tell by the the picture that you see that is gonna be attached to this audio. But <laughs> Bolden is one of the most fit motherfuckers I ever met in my whole entire life. It is absolutely insane, <laughs> and I promise you that that is not just gifted talent. You know, it's, it is not gifted. I mean, some of it is, but for the most part, it is he works so much work. So much effort has been put in. He has put the time in left and right into his body, and it totally has, like, shown dividends because this man looks good, and it don't hurt that your face ain't ugly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, now, right. conversation for calisthenics, though. Because so. now he's getting into modeling. Right. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's a beautiful and transition. Had the whole body but no face, and it wouldn't have happened. You know, he would have been a an underwear model only. So that's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's a little bit of gift right there. But what's it? What's it like? You know, being on the other side of the camera and starting to get some of these modeling opportunities you've been talking about. Like yeah. what is that like, and what are the opportunities? And what are they? And what do you what do you what do you think about that? Okay, so being on the other side of the camera has humbled me very much. I 
have been so so first i've been i've always been interested in having my photos taken like since like high school me and my friends just like walk around my my hometown and we just flick up wherever and you know we we do cool stuff like that and just try to like play with different angles compositions and all that stuff so you you can say in my heart i've been a photographer i i think that one, one thing that i forgot to mention was that one of the biggest things internally that sort of motivated me to to try to dive into photography is i i, I would always think about those moments where uh, a friend or someone passing by would ask me to to take a photo for them on their phone i'm like all right bet so you know i, I grab the phone you know i make sure like i get the whole body in it and i get some of the scenery you know the clean composition i'm getting them nice and centered or i get them at the, the the third mark or you know make sure that everything looks good and it's on them to kind of figure out the rest you know mm -hmm. however i know some of y'all know what it's like to hand your phone or camera to somebody who don't know what they're doing and they take taking photos and you know half your your shoulders out of the picture or uh the shoes. like they no feet John forgot shoes. I have a friendship, I think. I 100% resent that comment because <laughs> I spent years as a one. My ex-girlfriend was in a sorority, and I was taking sorority pictures for the, all the girls all the time. Two, I was a male cheerleader and had to take pictures for cheerleaders all the time. And yes, I definitely had some personal growth in that area. But a lot of hear it. The, the all of our friendship. All right, fair. Part. Well, fair, well, fair. <laughs> For a long time, I didn't have my my shoes in it, and everything else was. That's the part. The rest of the photo looks good. You're talking about like everything else needing to line up. But we're also talking about us working on older, not as quality iPhones and stuff like that. You, you know? can get shoes in the picture, babe. Depending upon the size of the room. Hey, McLean, McLean once said, "the the best camera is the one you have on you." Uh, uh asshole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. Okay, so where where I was going with that was there's a sense of better understanding having been on the other side of that. And so mm. when I'm having my photos taken, I like like I said before or earlier, you know, I came out of my shell when I came to UCSB. I like my my friend like me, I say I came out of my shell. If you were to ask one of my brothers, they would put it in. Uh, they say something like, "Oh, bold and stop being a bitch." That that's what it was. <laughs> bold stop being a bitch, and I totally agree with that because I think that I like I've changed my perspective on life and how I move forward, and it, it's very much changed how I how I show up in the setting. But anyway. What I was... You also put on like 30 pounds of muscle. Yeah, there, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes me a little less of a bitch in my eyes. <laughs> that, that's definitely a factor. Um, so where I was going with that was being on the other side of the camera, I felt that awkwardness of not knowing to do with my body. I, I, I know what it feels like to kind of like uh, start feeling nervous and my my body temperature starts riding, I start sweating, you know, it makes me even more nervous and I can't stand right. Cause I'm trying to, you know, like get myself comfortable. And so I, I have felt those feelings and I don't want people to feel those feelings when I'm taking photos of them. And so on the other, um, or that, that's kind of like in reference of my like early, like non-official like modeling time. And so before I actually get to what's going on now, 
I also took that concept and reversed it. So as I'm taking photos of people, you know, I'm getting all this experience. I, I probably pressed the shutter at least a million times now. I don't know if that's an exaggeration because I've never done the math. But even over the past couple, like three shoots that, I, that I've done, I have over 4,000 photos logged in computer. So, I mean, it, it could be a stretch, could be not. I don't know. I don't feel like doing all that math. But anyway, I pay attention to the feelings and the behaviors that my models and clients ex exhibit during their time with me. And I, I kind of log that into my head. I log that into a database and start creating a sort of list of patterns. If this happens every other time I'm shooting with somebody and they're showing it by, um, uh, I don't know, like blinking a lot or blinking fast, I'm just like making that up. I can then start to create a plan as to how I can approach that and make them feel comfortable enough to, to stop blinking so much, you know, something like that. So, you know, it's just paying attention to those patterns and applying it in a way that is going to help both of us succeed because, you know, the photography thing is, is both of you have to perform as model and photographer. And so in having all this experience as a photographer, I was able to collect all this information and kind of know what to look out for, the things that are like the most annoying, quote unquote, versus like what makes a photographer's job the easiest. And I tried to manifest that in my time when I'm in front of the camera. And so my very first uh, official modeling gig was with a hat company called Sunday Hats or Sunday Afternoon and they are based in Oregon I had never heard of them before really but I was referenced to model for them through a friend or a colleague friend slash colleague and the department in the position that I work now and so I was connected through them and we went to our shoot and I was hella um, networking and stuff it was super cool smiles all around we just hung out at the beach had me put on some hats you know I'm out here doing tucks and stuff and mm -hmm. like, I'm bonded with the photographer you know we talking um, cameras and all that stuff and it was a good time and so it was a good opportunity for me to sort of um, pick up what uh, another professional photographer is kind of looking for in their models when they're working for like certain brands and stuff. And I've been able to sort of adapt that to my own practice too. And so I have, or since that first gig, I've gotten what I, I've done. I've done a couple of other gigs, but I think one that was most recently that I did that I really liked was the most recent post on my Instagram king.bolden and it's the one with the pants, you know, striped pants. I know you know what I'm talking about. Pants. pants. That's what a lot of yeah. people, a lot of people were DMing me talking about the pants. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was stuff like that. That that was actually a collaboration with one of my colleagues and old boss and now friend, Jeremy Scruggs. He is beginning his journey as a photographer slash stylist. And so he's stepping up his portfolio and I was able to, to work with him on that. And it's dope because I was also kind of able to make my sort of pseudo like announcement that I'm starting modeling and it's been a really interesting time so far um it, it's not just modeling it's also for like acting tv like commercial type opportunities and so I have a manager and they hit me up for auditions for different roles that they think that I would be a good fit for Okay, um, this man, this time, this manager, is this like a? This is cool. Is that somebody you sought out? Is that somebody who sought out you? Is this somebody you pay for? Is this somebody they they just want to like 
potentially make something off you in the future? You know, like what what kind of relationship is that manager role? So this manager manages a host of individuals, a host of different talents, not necessarily someone who is like me, who is a actor slash model. Um, that's my role, but also like musicians and um, like it, it's a wide variety of things. But I was actually referenced to this person from a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, Jerry. He also is signed under this management group and a lot of the opportunities that he's been a part of has been through this group as well. Um, oh, cool. So I was, um, I was just thinking of Jared. I was wondering if he had a manager, but it sounds like he references you. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean the the whole like my manager thing sounds like I feel like it kind of comes with a certain connotation. Um it's not exactly what I expected. It's basically someone who like if I get a request online to send an audition, she'll slide me the information and be like, okay, like here's what you need to do, blah, 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 blah. And I it's basically like a um it's it a, sounds like a more of like a contact, like a friend. That ba- basically, <laughs> it, it's kind of like the the point person. That's the point person that um. So the different. Gets all the info and they slide it to whoever they think is best fit for it. Yes, exactly. And so it's contract based. Um, they get a certain cut of any payment that I get for whatever the gig is, and kind of just go like that. Um, they don't necessarily. It doesn't necessarily have to be jobs that they send to me. I can also opt in to do my own jobs. So, but that's kind of like its own thing. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, it's dope. It's exciting. Yo, I could be a great calf model. Yeah. They need anything like some sock model or something like that, you know? Let your manager know I could uh, Um. make an appearance. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so have you, um, like, thought about or, I don't know, sought out acting jobs? Has that been a, has that been something you've come across yet? Um, I can specifically. I'm I'm not sure. Could you rephrase the question? I guess I'm not sure. Yeah, sure. So, has your manager slid you any information about acting rather than just modeling, or have you, or have you sought out any acting rather than modeling? Yes. Well, the positions or the auditions that I've been sent so far, I've been sent a total of two. Um, I haven't. I didn't hear back from the first one, and I recently submitted to the second one. So, fingers crossed, we're gonna see. Yeah. Um, but both of those were acting auditions. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't, it, I don't think that it can be perceived as modeling primarily. I think that you got to look at it as a sort of umbrella. Mm-hmm. I am an athlete who is able to perform different like strength skills and whatnot, but I am also able to, um, do some stills portraits for, um, for some commercial or some magazine or something like that. So it's not limited to necessarily photos. It may also be videos, maybe me being in the background doing something, or I might like be working out. It's kind of like, depends on what's, what's needed. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of like the terms, I guess, like with Jared's like, music video, like Demi Lovato, music video, music videos, he's been Mm -hmm. So like music video, that'd be acting. Like See, that. that I, think, I think that falls under acting. Mm-hmm. Got you. No, that's awesome, Bull, and I think that's so cool that you're getting into that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. You know, I haven't had my my first official gig yet, but I'm feeling pretty ready. Um, you know, I, I have experience in front of the camera, 
And I feel like, you know, once I get myself into a room with some some people with some influence and connections, I feel like that's the way because I, I know that I can um, I can really bring a unique presence to almost any space. Yes, absolutely. Retweet that. Uh, um, okay, I want to talk about your calisthenic journey. Can we get into that? Is it okay? Yeah, I want I want to label it as a, like it's his his entire fitness journey. You're right. You're right. His you're calisthenics right. is just, just a just part a piece of it. Of it. It's, you know, it's the tail end, maybe the current piece right now. But you're right. Entire. He got, he got started before that, and kind of what what that was like in that transition, and kind of what it is now. All right. Um, I as a kid, I did not play any sports. Um, my first exposure to athletics really was in middle school we had this thing called the mile club if you ran the mile in pe under a certain time you got a special shirt that you can wear to pe and it's kind of like a little flex on everybody else like oh you know that's the athletic one because he got the mile club shirt or, um, <laughs> or that individual um has uh what they call a cinco de mile shirt they gave out um there's seven or there was seven mile runs in total throughout the academic year and if you got five of them you got a special shirt Cinco de Mile has a diamond on the back, five, you know, you got five of them, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that was kind of like my first thing because I had, I, I'd always felt like I was like pretty athletic um, to give you, uh, I guess, the, the real starting point. I was bullied in elementary school and I did not know how to handle that stress. And one of my cousins introduced it, introduced me to weightlifting. I started picking up dumbbells and I was like, damn, okay, you know, I'm curling. I'm seeing like the the um, size difference in my biceps and, you know, I'm at school and this this is an elementary school, like fourth, fifth grade, you know, I'm like, oh, bold and flex from across the classroom. And I'm like, oh, you know, so I'm already like feeling like hyper by myself off of doing like these, these little things. But in my heart, the, the real rationale I guess I could divide it into two parts of why I started so early was a, I, I felt good after, after I work out, I would feel good. I, I have no reason why I could explain all that right now. You know, I'm a biosite. I got a biosite degree now. So, you know, mm -hmm. I've studied all of it. It's been like validated and all that stuff through academia. But the second thing was, I thought that, you know, if I got big, nobody want to mess with me. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, I'm a pretty shy kid and I, I was always really nervous about like making friends because I felt like I didn't know how to initiate conversations with people. So mm -hmm. I'm like a big listener. And I think that lingers into my personality. Now, if you see me introduced into a new space, I pretty much just pay attention. I just pay attention. I receive information and I kind of evaluate things from there. I don't like to put myself out there in spaces because I don't really know. I mean, especially if I don't know people like that, I kind of just, it, it's one of my ways of playing it safe. You know, like, I think that there is an opportunity for me to to learn about other people if I really listen, if I really listen intent, intentionally. And I try to take advantage of that, um, especially if this is someone who I, like, never talked to before in my life. Um. So, wait, where was I going with this? I forgot what are we talking about? Fitness journey. You getting fitness you're big? Okay. Part one, part two. Okay, got you. So then in middle school, um, my last year of middle school in the eighth grade, I finally made the mile club. Um, I pushed myself and I was able to run a mile in under five minutes and 59 seconds, which was the time for an eighth grader to make the mile club. And I made it six times. And I was really proud of myself because I was like, damn, where did this even come from? My mom never put me in no sports. And um, I kind of just like 
I just pulled this out of my ass, really. And so from there, I kind of realized, like, damn, like maybe I do have some potential for this to, to my athletic ability to to prosper because you know this is without training you know i don't run distance like that but i'm out here running a mile under six minutes i was hella proud i still have not ran a mile under six minutes since then yeah, <laughs> but, uh... I, was about to say, I was like I've, I've done that one single time and i almost died after y'all mm-hmm. <laughs> talking i made it like under seven and i think that was like i think it was like six thirty or something but again that was like sixth grade we're all so much smaller than like maybe that's just us going like so fast yeah and so i was uh i was really proud of myself for that and then at the end of my eighth grade year my middle school also puts on a little track meet for people who um basically have to qualify you go through the each event with your pe class and if you get us if you hit a certain mark then you qualify to um, actually perform in the the track meet with all of the PE periods and all the that's really cool and hella cool it was so cool and so that was my first time running around like a little track we did a a, a fake little 400 our, our field wasn't like a, a full-size track it was like half so you have to run like uh, twice as many or twice as much as you traditionally would in terms of like laps and so that was hella fun you know like I, I excelled in that and I also got my first injury from there too i pulled my freaking um what i pull uh i pulled my hamstring yeah running a, a 75 meter dash and it's because i didn't stretch i didn't warm up i didn't do none of that stuff i just went out there i was like you know i'm, I'm the coldest one out right now ain't nobody gonna stop me and, you know I, got, I didn't stretch or nothing you said like, i'm gonna stop me <laughs> cold muscles you, you could pretty much guarantee especially if you're doing like um high intensity stuff you can pretty much guarantee that that's going to be like a, a boom, especially on sports, which is a muscle group that a lot of people have um, underdeveloped because they don't know how to properly train it. And they have a bunch of muscular um, imbalances and whatnot. But um, yeah, so that was a very humbling experience for me. Um, I then went on to high school. I was kind of starting to look a little big at that point. I remember being in, my algebra two class, my ninth grade year, um, they didn't have a honors class for me because I was so ahead of math compared to my classmates. They just stuck me into a class with junior, seniors, and sophomores. Um, the predominance is in that order. And I was very intimidated. Like, I'm going to a brand new school, and I'm walking in this class, and I'm seeing a bunch of big-ass football players and, like, people who look like they've been at this school for a minute. And I'm kind of like damn, is this the right class? You know, I literally, well, first of all, I literally walked into the wrong classroom, which is hella funny because I, um, the way they did it was they posted everyone's like first period on a podium in the middle of the um, courtyard at our school. Mm -hmm. And so you go up to it, you read your name and that's where your class is. I accidentally read the class for my brother. I have a twin brother, so we're in the same grade. And I went to his class and it was super embarrassing. Then I went back to my class and I showed up late. So I walked in, everybody eyes on me, including the teacher. And I was like, all right, this is kind of a lot. And they weren't exactly welcoming either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you know, I'm asking questions like, um, or when I walked into, actually, I walked into two of the wrong classes. But anyway, it, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> a good, like, it wasn't like, good was, feel. Exactly. And so I ended up actually developing a pretty cool relationship with some of the football players in that class. And 
they i remember one of them asked me like oh do you work out or like what's your like what's your thing because i can see your chest poking out of your shirt right now what you doing <laughs> and i'm like no nah, i just yeah i just kind of grind um i don't really do nothing i uh, i've been working out for a minute but i didn't really get that far into it however through my first semester people would ask me all the time if i was on the football team like all the time and i'm like i've never worn a jersey I don't know anything about football. Like, I've, I've never played really a sport in my life. And through all of those repeat repetitions, those questions and stuff, I'm like, damn, maybe I should try out for the football team. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've never done this before. I only know nobody who has. Um, I am not feeling too confident, but I feel like if everybody keep asking me the same damn question, like, obviously, right. something, you know, <laughs> something got to be there. And so I ended up trying out for the team and I ended up starting at running back a little bit. And also I was a slot receiver. I was used a lot for our, one of our school's kind of um, signature plays. It's called the uh, fly sweep where you have slot receiver um, run across the ball. Um, sometimes they fake a handoff. Other times you actually get the handoff and you kind of run a bubble with a lead blocker. And so that was kind of like my play for a minute because I was pretty much the fastest person on our team. And that is what actually got me into track because one time early on um, after I made the team, we got in trouble and we had to run what's called gastries and you pretty much run sideline, sideline. Yes, and, <laughs> and I had a lot of individuals on my team who weren't exactly in super good shape and I would pretty much always win when it came to gastries and I was feeling fine. Like I was standing up straight, you know, I'm breathing intentionally. Um, I'm very, uh, uh, you, you could tell that I'm not as phased as a lot of the other individuals on our team. And on top of that, I'm beating everybody. And so See, one that's of my, the biggest way, when you finish first, you have more time to rest. Yes. That, yeah, that and too, that too. Cardio system. You can recover fast, so it's better to mm-hmm. run harder, finish earlier, recover more, than run again. I did the same yes, thing. Sir. It was way easier. <laughs> yes, sir. Once you finish, you're chilling. You're chilling. Then you got that added time onto whatever time coach going to give you if you get any time. But uh, <laughs> So uh, through that, I remember one time we just kept running them, running them, running them. And um, after I finished the last one, one of my coaches came up to me and he was like, yo, have you thought about joining a track team? And I was like, nah, not really. It's like, well, it'll be a good opportunity for you to improve your speed. Um, it'll be translatable to football, and I think you excel. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm trying for the track team. Yes. <laughs> and then I made it to the track team, and I ended up run, being a sprinter. Um, I ran four, ugh, not in that order. I ran 200, four by one, four by four, and open 400. Um, I was pretty decent. I, by my fourth or by my senior year, I ended up being captain and I also was still start, also ended up starting on a varsity football team too. So I I excelled in both. Um, I became a, I don't even know. I mean, damn, now that we talk about it, that's, that's where people started calling me Bolden. I used to go by Anthony, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I pretty much 
since I started on the football team at my school, if you're on the football team and you got play time, people kind of knew your name and coaches typically refer to you by your last name. Mm-hmm. And so coaches, teammates and all that stuff, repeat my last name all over the place. It got to the point where I would literally meet people in the hallway, be like, hi, my name is Anthony. And they would be like, I thought your name was Bolden. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we just going to go you know with what? that. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I'm excited. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like where the start of my athletic career was at. Then after I had finished up high school, I had already decided that I didn't want to play football or run track at the um, the next level. But I did want to continue my education. And so I decided, you know, what, I'm just going to keep up with weight training, pick up from where I left off with um, all the stuff I learned in football. Kind of just go from there and also join an athletic training program. Look. I was able to apply all these concepts to my own body. I used to be so stiff, lacking mobility. I was like really yoked up in the the big muscles, but the the little muscles was not there. Mm -hmm. And I, again, was humbled when I ended up meeting. Well, I mean, I think first it was John, really. John was the first person who I met who could do a backflip. That was a, that was... Like, he was I, like, I, I never seen. Up. He's like, you can do a backflip. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I can do a backflip, and I was like, you can do a backflip. And I don't know how long it took you to finally do one, but yeah, it's. <laughs> That look, that, that's the that's a big thing right there because I when I when I first saw that in like real life, I was shook because not only was John out here doing um, flips and whatnot. He also had insane control of his body. You know, I'm like, I'm over here kind of like uh, in, in hella confused because I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I look big and like I got all this like muscle accessory looking stuff, but I'm nowhere near as, or at least I didn't feel like I was anywhere near as efficient with my body or as <laughs> functional with my body as John was. And so, you know, I'm like, damn, like this kind of eye opening and especially in conjunction with the all these things I'm learning about sports medicine and recovery and how muscles work and all that stuff. The and textbook so, side of it, in addition to mm-hmm. like feeling it out, yeah. Exactly. And so I ended up asking John to help me out. I wanted to learn how to do a backflip. I set a goal for myself to, to learn the summer of, I think it was 16, summer 16. And I pulled up to an open gym. And that's where I met Jared, and he was like, all right, come here, 20 minutes. I said, no fucking way. <laughs> no way I would be out here doing flips in 20 minutes. It didn't happen in 20 minutes. I think it was like 40. And it didn't necessarily look like a, a back tuck. It was kind of like a, a half-standing whip tuck. I don't, I don't even know all what I it was. Said, if you stand on your feet, you rotate over your head and land on your feet, it is a backflip. You right. And, you and right. that is <laughs> <laughs> of it there's all you can get all technical and technique about it but if you have ask a random joe what is this and you do it it's a backflip <laughs> yeah <fair. laughs> that's, i think that is the foundational level of getting into being that kind of an athlete is like it, it doesn't have to be good it doesn't have to be clean but as soon as you land on your feet it's like oh shit there's so many doors open like, I can mm-hmm. fix this. I can make this so much better. I can do this. I can add this. I can add this. Well, I can that's add because this. it sounds like the scary part the is scary the part right before is that. The over your right, head. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Man, I, I learned the lesson the hard way. That's about the, the worst thing you could do One is hesitate. One of my videos I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so pissed at whoever was recording. It cuts off right when you were It was Jerry. <laughs> he was worried about me. This man. Jerry was worried about me. This man is, I mean, how how's your vertical? His vertical is like 30-something. It's 30-something. I don't remember. I, I want to say it was 36. 36? And Jared is like 35 years, like 36? This man's jumping three feet up in the air. And then he rotates <laughs> one quarter of a flip. So picture he's laying in a bed on his back. And he just goes full star. Upside <laughs> down, and he lands directly on his neck. No! Given oh, it was in the gym, on a mat, one of the safer environments to do it, but he got right back on the horse and 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 really drilled it until he got it down. And I will never forget that phase, that first month or two of you haven't learned it, where you were doing backflips every single place, everywhere on campus. <laughs> <laughs> every single day, I was somebody recording both doing a backflip somewhere. It's like. This man is milking every. Yeah. I was like, I was like, he was just the backflip, man. Like, like, like we do all this crazy well, shit, but he's like hyping backflips again. All the time. And I remember again the like the very beginning because I vaguely remember your your progression with your backflip too. Every time you, I'm gonna do a backflip, and then you, and then your face, the level of focus. Yeah. <laughs> you're like at an IV party, and you're like. that has diminished without being able to be like oh, on a in a gym you know like grass mm-hmm. you so much but but what do you but, how do you feel like your body awareness and like I, I guess functionality is the word like do do you take out of like just even just the back flip and how much do you apply that to your other fitness goals I mean a, a lot of it is figuring out how to actually use the different muscle groups in conjunction with one another to produce a functional movement. Mm. I mean, that's what a uh, back tuck is. You're you're getting yourself off the ground and you're creating torque at some point. I mean, specifically with a tuck, because you know you're pulling your hips up, you're using your core muscles, mm-hmm. you're using your hip flexors, you're using the anterior like um, the anterior surface of your body to to initiate that rotation. And so it's such an interesting concept because that is like. Like, like I said, that was the, the first time I walked into that gym was when I learned how to do my back tuck. Mm. And since then, that was like the starting point for my calisthenics, for all my bodyweight stuff. Mm-hmm. I ended up meeting a bunch of dope athletes in that gym. And I was introduced to movements that I didn't even know were possible. Like, I, I remember my, my old boss slash supervisor slash um, head athletic trainer, um, Tiana, she she asked me one day, hey, can you do a muscle up? I'm like, what the hell is a muscle up? She's like, okay, show you video. You know, you, you go up to the top of the bar. I'm like, I could try it. And, you know, I kind of just pulled and I was like, okay, what what is this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really figure out what that next step was. Um, I, I ended up surpassing that um, milestone by, like, utilizing some YouTube videos that gave me some tips. But one thing that I do recall, one tip that I got from one of my um, – one of my favorite athletes in that gym, John Curry. Like, that's his that name, man. right? Oh, yeah, that man. That guy, West Warriors. 
on Instagram, West Coast Warrior John Corey. He is He's a insane. beast. Do you see his, you see his videos at the beginning of quarantine? His like, here's 11 types of push-ups you can do. <laughs> that <laughs> was, oh my goodness. <laughs> he was like, here's the 25 hardest push-ups you can do in order. And he was doing crazy, like, crazy stuff. Like, handstand, planche, push-up, clap, back to plants, Like, just insane. It was different. I was. I remember when he posted that video. I was shocked. Like I couldn't even think of that many freaking push-up variations. And he out here busting them out like it's nothing. Right. Beautiful. But um, he he taught me a concept that kind of stuck with me that I think would exemplify like what I really got out of my experience learning how to do back to. Um, I was exploring the must the the clap muscle up muscle up clap. So you do a, a muscle up and then you push yourself off the bar clap and then start into another rep mm. and i was having a lot of trouble with the movement um basically what i was trying to do was use my lats all the way through and try to push up from a dip like do an explosive dip as hard as i can and try to clap and get down and it was extremely difficult that way i was basically getting like very minimal height off of the full extension from my dip and john came over and gave me one little suggestion the next thing you know i'm floating mm. and so what was that suggestion he said lift yourself from your hips don't do it all from your shoulders you don't have to push yourself into the air actually lift yourself from your hips and so even him vocalizing that concept i was able to put it together and all of a sudden i was like damn i didn't realize i could float like that mm -hmm. like that's like a it, it it's working smarter not harder you know so i'm able to figure out how to use my body in creative ways that I didn't necessarily know was even possible like in the years before. Mm. You know, I'm playing football. All I'm doing is lifting weights and like trying to run through people. You know, I'm on the off <laughs> offensive side of the ball. And so that's what my coaches are drilling into me. They're not necessarily teaching me how to uh, like keep a healthy form while I'm floating in midair or, right. like, uh, you know, getting ready to catch myself off of whatever. So I I was introduced to or I was given cues that introduced me to to concepts that allowed me to expand upon the skills that I picked up in there and apply it to the stuff that I was already studying, the sports medicine and the skills that I was picking up as an athlete myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that gym, just side note. The gym of the UCSB Robson gym. Well I just think the, oh. the people that from freshman year, John and his friends, when they were do even like parkour and flips and, and cheer stuff whatever it was they were just it was the coolest um group of people to witness because they were just so excited for each other like it was totally everybody wanted each other to get better and that obviously is exemplified in rob jim with drew and with you and like everybody in there it doesn't matter who you are how often they've seen you it's like you know they want you to get better at what you're doing you know and i just I love that story because it's a small example. He's like he walked over, like told you how to like maybe help with a goal of yours, and oh, I love that. That gym is really cool. It's like the epitome of good vibes, like yeah. And it's the most it's the most gentle approach to, hey, can I give you advice? You know, I love that. How many people say almost exactly those words? Hey, do you mind if I give you a tip? Hey, can I can I give you a quick quick little bit of a little tidbit you know like whatever it is and everybody for the most part is like oh yeah totally and like some people have no experience with that in their life and, and are a little standoffish at first because they're new but as soon as they realize that oh 
this guy's doing it to everybody. You know, it's not just me that he's trying to, you know, there's nothing to fix. It's just like, we want to see everybody reach their full potential and like reach that next thing and get to that next thing. And it's just such a great environment of positive people just being positive and hyping each other up. And I feel like that's the world of calisthenics a little bit. Yeah. And really, I mean, there's yeah. like high yeah. competitions, but like to an extent, like it is really like just, everybody like, goes to Santa Monica, like the Santa Monica people, right? I've never oh, been, yeah. but like that whole like, like the grass scene, and the, it's the just the like a thing yeah. of people being happy and hype for each other. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I made a couple friends down there. I've only been there twice. Exactly, see? Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful world. And plus, you get to do superhuman stuff <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll be outside sometimes. I'll, I'll be on a photo shoot. And let's say the person I'm working with, like, has a change of wardrobe or they're fixing their shoe or something and or waiting in line for the Henley sign or whatever. I'll be like, all right, um, well, we got some time to kill. Let me just throw a flex out there real quick. I'll do like a human flag on a nearby pole. And then it's like, what the hell? Like, this is my photographer. You know, it's stuff like that. <laughs> I can just do it like, I don't know. I could do it anywhere, pretty much. You know, back tucks. Um, uh, I play around with handstands. I don't really do too, nothing too fancy with those, but I like to flex them still. Mm-hmm. And it's not like sprinting. You know, you don't need to really warm up. You just pull it out. <laughs> yup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, awesome. man. This, dude, this has been such this an awesome so fun. conversation. Getting to hear all your passions, all your accomplishments. And you're, you're doing great things, man. Seriously. And I'm proud. I'm, I'm lucky to call you a friend, and I'm excited to see all the things you're doing in the future. And I can't wait to to be a fan on the outside and the inside. Killing it, <laughs> absolutely killing it. So fun. So go ahead, plug it, plug your shit real quick. You know, you got a million Instagram accounts for every. <laughs> plug, plug your, your YouTube yeah, channel. Got the channel. All right, so my main Instagram account is at king.bolden, that is B-O-L-D-E-N, and my photography account is Photos by Bolden, and I also have a photography website, photosbybolden.com. You can check out more of my stuff. I post most of my fitness content on king.bolden, and we'll be on YouTube for both platforms coming soon. Mm-hmm. Coming soon. Uh, if you want a word on that, follow me on Instagram. It's probably the best bet. Yes. And also, side note, if you're not following our Team Talks podcast Instagram, definitely check that out. We tag all of our, our guests on there so you can have quick, easy access to all of our guests, including Bolden. And, dude, appreciate you coming on. Great stuff. Pleasure as always. And- hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I'm very appreciative of the, the fact that y'all wanted me on here, especially you said I was one of the first people y'all thought of. Oh, my heart. Uh, but I mean, I, I appreciate meeting both of you. Both of you have had a profound impact on my experience here at UCSB, and I'm hopeful that our relationship will do nothing but grow. I'm about it. Same. Loved it. Yay. Thanks, right, Bolden. I appreciate it. Love you, man. And we will definitely catch up with you soon. All right, cool. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.